Welcome to the Misfit Stars podcast. I'm Shannon Curtis. And I'm Jamie Hill. Hello, listeners. Hi, Shannon. Hello. Shannon and I are a married pair of working artists, and this podcast is our weekly date for getting on mics and talking to one another like normal people do in a marriage. (laughs) And also for talking with our community about stuff that matters to us. We are so glad that you're here, and, and I'm just... Just pleased. Thank pleased you for today. being here. Thanks everyone for being here with us. Dear listeners. So much. We have no announcements today, so we're just going to get straight. I have a song for that. Oh, what? Announcements, announcements, announcements. Oh, there are none. That was a sad announcement It's very song. sad. I just wrote that. It's not that there are sad announcements. It's just sad that there are none. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. yeah. From the, it's, it's written from the point of view of an announcement. I see. Oh, yeah. When you're an announcement, if you don't yeah. get to have a spot in the You show. know what it reminds me of is our stove. So our stove has a timer. <laughs> and when you set the timer, it gets to the end of the timer. And when the timer is done, it plays this joyous little song. It's all da, like da, major da, da, key. Da, da. Oh, it's so wonderful. It's so cheerful. But when you push the stop timer button, it plays a minor third note. <laughs> and if you think about it, like I was always like, that's weird. Why would it be sad? But then it's like, it's from its own point from of view. From the timer's point of view. It is stopping being a timer. And that's sad for it. I have stopped its song. I have cut off its joy. I have like yeah. rained on its parade. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I was coming from with I get my it. sad announcement song. I get it. I feel you. Yeah. Hey, speaking of feelings, how are you feeling today? Hey, thanks for asking. Okay, so a few different things, not all of which are in the same vein. Sure. Uh, two of them are sort of related, so I'll just say at the same time. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling anxious and preoccupied. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it strikes me as reasonable. It's nothing to do with me. It's, you know, this Ukraine shit is really, really, really scary. The mm-hmm. The idea that as some sort of more calm and staid historians have been expressing, like, we have already started World War Three. you know, like... That, that gives me pause and it gives me something not very happy to think about. And it's worrying. It's right. also very, very, very abstract, mm-hmm. you know, which calls to mind. Well, because it's not a hot war worldwide. It's not a hot global war right. yet. Right. It's a hot war between Ukraine and Russia. Right. But yeah, the, the folks whose perspective on it is like, you know, we've been in an international global conflict between the, the, the forces that are for democracy and mm-hmm. those that are not <laughs> mm-hmm. and specifically with Russia on the not side leading the leading the way on the not side you yeah. know like that that's been a thing for a while i mean when you can when you consider not just hot war with like bombs and guns and missiles and things yeah. like that but other warfare tactics which are more modern yeah. like information warfare like cyber warfare yeah. you know that stuff's been happening for a very long time yes it has so yeah, it's not, it seems hyperbolic to say we're in World War III. And in some cases, uh, in, it's some, in some ways, you you can make an argument that that's not maybe not the appropriate, that we're maybe trying to avoid yeah. full-on World War III at this point. Well, that's but, the thing. None yeah. of these people that I was citing are right. talking about it from that information right. perspective, cyber warfare, misinformation, none of them. I think that what all of them to a person were saying was that it is the beginning of a shooting war, a hot war. It could well. I mean, it could be. Nobody knows the future. Yeah. Not even the historians. Imagine if the historians could also predict the future. That'd be awesome. Anyway, yeah. we're straying from your feelings about it. I just thought yeah, it was good no. to kind of like you know, well, and you parse know, the language around the thing a little bit just to get my own brain around it. What mm-hmm. we're talking about, but you were feeling un, uneasy or preoccupied. You said well, and specifically what I was just getting at there mm-hmm. was it's it's bringing to mind feelings that I remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, from when I was a kid, from when you and I were kids, you know, the 80s, 80s. Mm -hmm. you know, 70s, 80s. I mean, that whole time, uh, 
there was just this constant threat of nuclear war. And it was, and it was so about, abstract when we were kids, that's right? It. Like and that's the that's the feeling I'm getting at. Yeah. It's that abstraction. It's that absolute level of uncertainty. It's it's really bad. It could happen at any time. Uh-huh. Also that's been the case for a long time. And so how do we feel about it? Is it imminent? Uh maybe, probably not. Nobody knows. Right. Could be right on the corner. Also isn't necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, that ambiguity. But then just like all the language around it, remember all the PSAs from when we were kids, <laughs> all that duck and cover stuff, you know? Totally. Remember like those drills that we I did know. in elementary school. I recall. You get under your little metal and wood desk and you cover your head because that'll protect you from a fucking nuclear bomb. You know <laughs> what I mean? It was in just retrospect. It was just like, it was just, I'm sure it was just everyone being like, we have to do something. What do we do? Here's what we do. Well, it was just, it was, it yeah. was like the equivalent for 1978 of like, you know, spraying down a classroom with Lysol. Does it do something? No, it doesn't. Does mm-hmm. it make the person doing it feel maybe a little bit less impotent? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, and that counts yeah. in terms of like feeling like you're doing something in the moment. I, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, I feel you on the flashbacks to it's the- really yeah. cl- Just bring that all right, right back to mind, you mm-hmm. know, that, that same, that sense memory of just ambiguous, hovering- Dread. Mm. Well, that's a Nikki feeling. I'm sorry. <laughs> also, I have it too. So I'm I know, I know. And I wonder whether Gen Xers are recover are recalling that more more specifically, whether it's linking them back to their childhoods in perhaps a more immediate way like that. Like that wasn't a nineties kid thing. No. Because like the Soviet Union dissolved in August what, nineteen ninety one, August twenty yeah. eighth, nineteen ninety one. Right. The Cold War sort of ended before yeah. their had a chance to yeah. experience it. Well, and, they, and they fell into financial ruin and couldn't possibly have, like, it, it was just, that yeah. wasn't the vibe anymore. Right. It was over. Well, yeah. And I think, you know, in some way, I've heard a lot of Gen Xers talking about how this is tapping back into, like, a feeling of, like, oh, this is what it was like you know, to be a kid in the 80s. Yeah. And, like, and, that, and that's related, like, a, it's like a trauma sort of, you know, situation. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or feels like a, like a relive, like reliving a trauma, you yeah. know? Um, but on the other, the flip side of that is that, those of us who lived through the 80s and were kids and that's at that time, you know, dealing with that, we also have maybe a little bit more experience in acknowledging that this is scary and it's unknown and it's an ongoing, like it's, it's maybe not, it doesn't feel as imminent or something, or I don't know, maybe there's, I'm or maybe wishing upon d- us that we have more coping mechanisms than, yeah, right? than people who are experiencing this kind of maybe world we're nuclear just, threat for the first time. Maybe we're just numb to it because we have been dealing with our whole lives. Maybe it's so. been present. like Because yeah. when you experience a trauma like that when you're a kid, it never leaves you, you know? Right. Yeah. I have thought about nuclear war, not every day for sure. Oh, yeah. But episodically, periodically, every single year since yeah. I was a kid. I imagine that someone born 10 years after us... Probably, not probably not. Their, not part of their consciousness. It wasn't part yeah. of the cultural conversation. I mean, it was mm-hmm. when they were little. If you were born in 1982, you know, mm-hmm. there was still talk of it up until you were eight years old, nine years old. Right. And that's right on that liminal threshold, isn't it? Sure. Of when you are or aren't aware of something. Or when you when something feels serious enough that you take it on board as a personal worry. Right. You know? Right. Because so much of stuff when you're eight, nine, is just like, yeah, I understand the grownups are worrying about it, but that's their worries. Right. It's not my concern, <laughs> you know? I'm preoccupied with Legos and toys and yeah. whatever. Yeah. My, you know? my Barbies. Hell yeah. Yeah. I was also preoccupied with my sister's Barbies. Oh, okay. That's Perhaps a for a different, different set of reasons. different conversation. Yeah. So, uh, you mentioned a couple of your feelings. Or, uh, mm. Was that it? No, it wasn't. The okay. third one is good. Oh, good. The third one is I feel proud. Oh, good. And I feel proud. Uh, it's apropos of your new song, which mm-hmm. just came out uh, the day we're recording it today, uh, Tuesday, March 1st. Um, I 
worked really, really, really hard on this one, and it sounds good, and I'm proud of it for that reason. But I'm also proud of myself for a different reason, mm. which is that I really exerted a different form of discipline over my process for this mm. song, you know? Mm -hmm. I really was really conscious about the idea that this one was complicated and needed to have a nuanced approach to like, carry the energy through it mm. in the way that would help tell the story the best, mm. you know? Um, and... I really built a lot of like space in my process. You know, my normal thing is like, let's work on it for 10 straight hours for two days in a row and then it's done, mm -hmm. you know? Um, which is almost more of like an LA sort of I don't know. doodly mentality. I wouldn't say that's normally your process. No? I understand that you took a more time and, and time away from the song and came back yeah. on this one than you normally yeah. do. But you say that your process is two full days working on the thing and then you're done. But you don't. You come back and back and back to every song that you mix. Like It's, it's true. It's, you, 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 but I intentionally didn't do the 10-hour days at any oh, part of the process and that's what's different. Got it. And that's what I'm proud of myself Got for. It. You just put your finger exactly okay. upon it. Because normally, like, I get way down the rabbit hole of the song. And I understood it from the very beginning with this song. I had a feeling that it was going to need to have a more nuanced approach and that I couldn't ever get too close to it. Mm. I needed to be able to... Maintain perspective. I needed to build in, like, like release valves to maintain objectivity. Yeah, okay. You know? Yeah, check, you can, you can get lost inside a song. You can, get, you can get so used to it that you can't hear it objectively anymore. Yeah. And so I never worked on it that much in any given day. Interesting. I did three to five on, mm -hmm. uh, on like bigger days and then it would take a day off, take two days off, whatever, and come back and do another three or come back and do another one. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like I did that, like we, I didn't listen to it all over the weekend because we actually been taking weekends a little bit Hooray! here and there. So I worked on it the last time Friday, got it to a point where I thought it was pretty goddamn close to done, if not done. Mm -hmm. And then pulled it up yesterday, immediately was like, and I, ha I made two huge changes yesterday, three. Mm -hmm. I pulled the kick drum up two decibels. That's a lot, people. That's like more kick drum. And then... <laughs> That's a layman's term. <laughs> I, I turned the kick drum up significantly, mm -hmm. but it really helped it pump more. I turned the hi-hat up some, that's a t -t 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 little motion instrument, percussive mm -hmm. instrument, and again, really helped. And then I actually turned all of the vocals up in the choruses by the tiniest amount, but man, it made a big difference, mm -hmm. you know? But like I did those three things in like 25 minutes. I just heard it with such fresh ears and I hadn't ever gotten too close. So I was able just to listen to it. Cool. And so I'm really proud of myself for that because like I was really intentional about the idea of experimenting with a different working methodology. Oh, neat. And I did it and I did it successfully and it bore fruit the first time. That's great. And I feel great about that. Good for you. Hey, thank you. So, I mean, gosh, I should also put that in gold star, really. Well, we'll just hold on to that little okay. thought and... Yeah. But yeah, that's that's how I'm feeling. You know, I'm I'm all over the place, but mm -hmm. I think in rational ways. Uh, <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, how are you feeling? So I, you know, for similar reasons to you, I feel the the words I gravitated toward regarding sort of the the war in Ukraine is I feel heavy hearted. Uh huh. Um, you know, I obviously am like anyone who's been watching the level of resistance that the Ukrainian people, just lay people, non military people. Yeah let alone their militaries, I'm sure, being very brave. But, like, the level of courage that just everyday Ukrainians have been displaying in terms mm -hmm. of being willing to take up arms and be part of the resistance mm -hmm. to, you know, fight back these the Russian army. It's wild. Miss Ukraine, like, I, 2018. I know. With and, an AK-47. Yeah. And, you know, those, those make for, I hesitate to use the word, feel-good stories on the news. Mm. But there's no feel-good story in war. There's no, no feel-good. No. You know, like, I, yes. It's bittersweet. They, they, are, they are courageous. They deserve so much, ad, you know, uh, admiration and, and all of that. 
and they shouldn't be going through this at all. Mm -hmm. And people's lives are being destroyed. And there's death and injury and massive destruction. And it's horrible, you know? Mm -hmm. So I feel heavy-hearted because, yes, like, they're standing up and they're acting with so much courage, but... Oh my gosh. Like, and you know, I, I was reading somebody's comment today on Twitter about um, they were coming at it from like a psychological, a psychologist point of view. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, um, that, 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 that we are, you know, praising, rightly so, praising the Ukrainians for their courageous effort in standing up to this Russian invasion. Mm -hmm. And, and we have to really be careful not to uh, lionize that yeah. because they're humans yeah. and they're having a massively traumatic experience. Their their country is being violently invaded mm -hmm. and 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 ripped to shreds. Yeah. You know, this we should is a, not be having a vicarious like superhero movie experience. No, no, and I, like so we have to be we have to always have both at hand, right? Like we can't do the. You know, we just can't, we can't go all the way to like va vaunting them to God's status, mm -hmm. you know, um, and somehow allow that to eclipse the the real trauma they're going through. Yeah. They probably won't, and this is what the psychologist was saying too, like they, the people there who are in the middle of that probably won't experience the weight of this trauma, the yeah. depth of this trauma, oh, yeah. until it's well over, you know? And that's a lot of what people, you know, in the pandemic have experienced too, except mm -hmm. for the pandemic has been ongoing. Well, this, this war likely will be ongoing also. And, yeah. you know... In a much but like worse you know, way. in normally with humans, normally like the way that we've evolved, you know, we we we've evolved to be able to withstand trauma, to like you know rise to the occasion, get through what we need to get through, and then afterward is when our brains allow us to start processing the severity of what we've been through, right? Now, I remember during the pandemic, there was actually talk about this because like you have a certain amount of time that you can sort of hold that off and then you have to exactly. start process. What was that, six months? It was, I think six months is what yeah. people were saying, yes. And so what, what that was exactly my point is that, you know, it's going to be a while before the Ukrainian people are able to actually process all this and we need to be there for them then too. We yeah. need to be there. We think that they are standing up as courageous heroes now. We need to be there with actual support, health, mental health services, mm -hmm. financial services. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the international community needs to stand up and help them when when this is all over too. Yeah. Hopefully it's over uh, sooner than later and hopefully when it's over, it is a result that is good for humanity mm. and democracy. Um so I feel heavy-hearted. Heavy-hearted. I'm just feeling uh, the the human weight of what's happening there. Yeah. I burst into tears at the beginning of the State of the Union address tonight. Yes, you did. Because they, the ambassador to Ukraine was in attendance, and I, there was ambassador nothing, from Ukraine. Sorry, the ambassador from Ukraine, in, in yeah, uh, was was in attendance, and you know there wasn't really anything specific. I just felt the way I hadn't. I don't think I had really cried about this. Yeah, and you know. And I haven't fully cried. I teared up. I I had a moment. Um, I have a feeling, though, that there's probably more emotion inside me that will find its way out mm -hmm. <laughs> in the coming days in some way. But yep. heavy-hearted. Mm -hmm. uh, worried uh -huh. is my other one related to, other feeling related to the situation in yeah. Ukraine. Um, worried uh, mainly for the global repercussions yeah. that this may have. I... It's it's a lot of the same stuff you were talking about. You know, Putin has threatened uh, using his nuclear 
capability. And that's horrifying and has and has the potential to impact a lot of people around the world. Like I, mm-hmm. it's, um, and I, and, and, so and also by the same token, it's not healthy or productive or good for us to be held hostage by the rhetoric of a nuclear-wielding madman. Absolutely. But it's also, but we, it can't be dismissed. And so I'm, nope. I feel worried. I'm, not, yeah. I'm, I'm doing my best not to nurture. No, there's no good answers. I'm, I'm, not, I'm doing my best not to nurture the worry, but I need to acknowledge that I do feel It's like uh, living worried. with an abuser is how it feels. Yeah. You know? Like you're trying to find like, what's the best answer? What's the best path? But like when someone's acting like that toward you, there's no good paths. No. Mm-mm. No, he's absolutely like authoritarianism and abusers. I think are in the same category. Honestly, yeah, like yeah. it's the same thing. Yeah. But my third uh, feeling word that I chose for today is grateful, mm-hmm. and um, and you know that's really just a reflection of how I'm feeling re- with regard to the work that I get to be involved in. Yeah. You know, like it's it's. I, I wrote about this in my love letter to my love letter list uh, last night that it it often feels strange to move along with regular activities in your life when there's this major crisis happening in this corner of the world. And it's not in my backyard. So it's not like it's really affecting, you know, no. my day-to-day. No tanks on South 18th Street. <laughs> Thank God. But, you know, like, but it feels strange. But with, with such large things happening in the world like this that are so worrisome, it it can feel weird to me sometimes to just be like going about my no, day-to-day. Yeah. But I'm grateful that my day-to-day involves doing creative work that I can get lost in, mm-hmm. that I can, you know, really just sort of, it, I, I can go upstairs in my studio and work on a song um, and for hours at a time not have to think about war oh, yeah. in Europe. Oh, it's the best. You know, and so like that's really, it's, it's really and great. Same. And yeah. I feel... I feel also very grateful that the work that I'm doing helps me to stay connected with other humans um, and, and and that feels nurturing and enriching to me, especially in this time. So, Well, and also, like right now, very specifically and by intention, by intentional design, like the work that you're doing for this album project, mm-hmm. the whole point of it is to give other people, as well as yourself, a framework for finding serenity and agency specifically in stressful, hard times. Yeah. Like exactly like we're experiencing right now. So it's actually really apropos. And like in that way, you actually are doing something in your corner of the world that helps. Yeah. And that's good. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so that feels good. So that's how I'm feeling. Uh, Should we fire up the good news machine? Jesus, yes. (laughs) All right. What you got? I've got two things. All right. And man, we need them, right? (laughs) Uh, The first one is that it really does feel... It really is starting to feel like we're seeing the back end of Omicron. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that feels really, really good. I'm just noticing more relaxed postures around town. And I'm also noticing mm-hmm. in myself that, like, like today's March 1st, like, so uh, uh, rules changed here where we live in Washington mm-hmm. on March 1st. Mm-hmm. Bunch of people without masks at the grocery today. But, like, not I, that many. Not that many. No. But, but, I mean, compared to what it's usually been. Really? Oh, yeah. Totally. Okay. But, like, I didn't feel bad about it today. I kind of mm-hmm. had this feeling like, like, it just seems like, uh, for me personally, I'm in a place where I can be like, all right, that that doesn't feel yeah. sinister or threatening to me. Yeah, I feel that and way And I too. feel good about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and we're not immunocompromised people, so... Right, it, and we don't have someone under five in the house. And, right, so yeah. there are a lot of reasons why we can feel that way yeah. <laughs> without other people being masked in public. But you're right, I think it does feel good to be in this phase of maybe coming out of this most recent flare-up. That said, am I wandering around in public without a mask? No, I'm not. Nope. Not indoors. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, I feel okay 
with my mask on, mm-hmm. being 10 to 15 feet away <laughs> from somebody else and seeing their nice smile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is nice. That's nice. It is nice. That to me counts as good news material. Yeah, material. very much so. All right, uh, what do you have? Oh, man. So this last week, uh, President Biden nominated Katanji Brown-Jackson to be the next U.S. Supreme Court justice. And yeah. I think that is Freaking great news. I think it's good. She will, if confirmed, uh, and she should be confirmed. I mean, she was approved uh, by a bipartisan group of senators just last year. Like eight months ago. To be a federal appeals court judge. It was Circuit something court, yeah. that Something that needed Senate approval anyway. Um, but she she passed that with flying colors. There, I mean, I, I, I imagine that Republicans are going to throw a hissy fit and try to find some way to pull shenanigans and make, you know, it, it'll, it'll all be ridiculous and politically motivated and not based on anything real. And the good news is it won't work. And the, they don't pro- have the power right now. They don't and that's have, great. They don't have the power. And so, yes. And so I, I believe she'll be confirmed. But when she's confirmed, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she'll be the first black woman on the U.S. Supreme Court in history. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, and one of like a glancingly small number of people who haven't been white heterosexual males. Yep. Like I think there's only been seven justices in the history that of time that haven't male. been white heterosexual males. Yeah. Well, I mean, white males. The, yeah. Well, I, I mean, and who knows what their sexual orientation <laughs> sure, was? Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, yes. So it's great news. Also, but the, like the representation of like the fact of representation that she'll, she'll be the first black woman on the on the Supreme Court. She will also be the first Supreme Court justice. Uh, that has worked as a public defender. And that's because normally yeah. the pipeline into Supreme Court justice positions runs through like corporate law and criminal law. Like yeah. they, like it's the prosecutorial it's, side. Yes, it, yes, not the defense side. Exactly. Yeah. So she's going to be coming with a perspective that nobody else in history has had. Yeah. On the court, on a few fronts. On a, yeah, it's wonderful. So mm-hmm. that's just great news, and I'm very happy about it. Love it. Yeah. What else you got? What else I have? Spring is coming. (laughs) There are little yellow buds on a few things in our yard. Including dandelions. (laughs) Yes. You know what? I can't even be mad at the dandelions right now. I know. There's like three and it's like, oh. It's color. It is color. I'll take it. Yeah. But there's also like little bluebells and the camellia has, I don't know, 958 buds. Yep. And there's daffodils there's, blooming on our side yard. There's four daffodils and they're so pretty. We have a couple of uh, bush slash tree things in our mm-hmm. backyard that have yellow blossoms That's that are the ones starting to unfurl. To. Yes. And they're wonderful. Yep. Yeah. So that that feels cheerful and good. It is good news. I mean, it's not, we're still in winter, technically speaking. Yeah. But, you know, especially where we live, like, I mean, I'm from Vermont, so I don't take this for granted. Like, we have winter in Vermont sometimes until, like, Late April. Oh. Remember when you and I were there like 10 years ago? And oh, it yeah. was May 1st and they it was blizzarding as we left town and they ended up getting three feet of snow. Right. And the mailbox, my, my, the snow plow took out my sister's mailbox. Yeah. I, we, we arrived and it was beautiful spring. Cherry blossoms yeah. and birds singing and the day we left it was miserable. Yeah. Yeah. May terrible. 1st. That so, can happen there. Not here. No. And I appreciate yes. that. I don't take it for granted. Brain. Yeah. Anything else for you on the good news? No, machine? I'm good. So let's get less dumb. Class, anyone? Anyone? All right, I am curious what you have oh. to edify us with. Oh, I'm I'm so I'm so excited to share this. Great. Okay, so first of all, credit where I saw this. Uh, I follow this uh, account on Twitter. It's at uh, at Mraz. 
Uh, she's a she. She goes by the title "Feminist Next Door." Okay, I think her name is Emily Raz or something like that. Anyway, okay. but I follow her on Twitter. She's very spicy and talking about feminism all the time and Good. just like swatting people down who come at her. It's wonderful. <laughs> but she had a non-feminism related post um, in which she was uh, excerpting. Uh, a, a part of a book by the etymologist John Forsyth. The book is The Elements of Eloquence, mm-hmm. How to Turn the Perfect English Phrase, which ah. is just wonderful, right? Okay, check this out. Yeah. This is so cool. Like, it blew my mind, actually. Here it is. Adjectives in English absolutely have to be in this order. Mm. Opinion, size, age, shape, color, Origin, material, purpose, and then the noun. Interesting. So like an example. Hang on. So you can have, this is still from the quote. So you can have a lovely little old rectangular green French silver whittling knife. Sure, that sounds right. But if you mess up that order in the slightest, you'll sound like a maniac. (laughs) Yeah. And so it goes on. It says, it's an odd thing that every English speaker uses that list. Yep but almost none of us could write it out. Like we do it unthinkingly, right? And so, and as size comes before color, green great dragons can't exist. Yeah. You would never say that's a green great dragon. You You would say that's a great green dragon. Yes, you would. Right? Like we unconsciously, unthinkingly use this order of adjectives. It's not something that's taught to us. No, we just learn it. Isn't that fascinating? Oh, absolutely. Like, I really like a wanna... little old man. Sure, absolutely. An old little man. No, What's the matter with exactly. you? Exactly. You sound like you don't understand the language. Isn't that fas- like, fascinating? Like you're like a Russian plant or something. <laughs> totally. <laughs> a Russian tweet bot. <laughs> Whoa. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. I just, like, I, I, I want to look out for examples of this now in my world. <laughs> yeah. It's wonderful. Anyway. It's really good. I feel less dumb and also it's fun. I love it. Yeah. Well, that's really mm-hmm. good. Uh, thanks. You are so welcome. So do you have anything, any items for the suggestion box today? I don't, but I'm under the impression maybe you do. Okay, I do. I want to speak to your manager now, please. I do. I would like to speak to the manager. Okay. Please, no more a-hole Republican hecklers during the State of the Union address, please. <laughs> Especially when the president is talking about his dead son. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Actually, can I just expand that? Sure. Let's just have no more a-hole Republicans in Congress anymore ever again. Well, that's not It is happen. an absolute insult. Their, their presence in, the, in Congress is an absolute insult. I mean, like... I mean, it's the people's chamber. And think about how <sighs> dumb some of our country are. Here's the thing, are. You know what I mean? Those people... So it was Lauren Boebert... Was she from Colorado? Yeah. Oh my gosh, she's just a troll. She, all she is, her only function in Congress is 100%. to be a troll. yeah. She's sitting at the State of the Union address in vaunted halls of Congress. Yeah. And President Biden is giving us the State of the Union speech tonight. And he's segueing into, a, 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 he's, he's talking about uh, how so a lot of soldiers come back from war zones and, and end up getting cancer. Yeah. Likely because of a lot of the toxic materials that they're breathing in, like, that when they like burn ammunition and like fuel and like their exposure to like toxic Oh, there's lots of toxic chemicals. fumes, yeah. Right, that that, that they're finding that a lot of soldiers or ex-soldiers are developing cancer later on because right. of these things. Right. 
And his own son died from brain cancer and After was a, a vet. Yeah. yeah. So like they don't know for certain if his brain cancer was caused by that, but he was making that link that yeah. that it's a possibility. And, he's, and he's it's personal to him. Asking for more yeah. funding from Congress to actually support veterans in this and to study it and to help to try to prevent this kind of thing, right? So in the midst of that, she's like, I don't even know what she was doing, but she was heckling. You could hear her in the background like of the microphones. And yeah. it's just like, how sick and little of a person do you have to be to do that in that moment? Like, oh my God. Like, it's just a bad look. It's just, it's just. <sighs> like if her mom were there, her mom would be like, Lauren, shut up. I would hope so, but. I, Honestly, her mom's probably an asshole too. I, yeah. You know what I mean? Here's the thing. If there weren't, if Republicans have not, had not gerrymandered the crap out of districts where they can we wouldn't and, have made people it, like that. and make it yeah. so that these districts are not competitive, yeah. we wouldn't have extreme a-holes like this. Yep. Because the extreme a-holes would have, would have to figure out how to actually compete in yeah. a competitive district that's not gerrymandered. And you can't act like this you, and expect no. to win any kind of reasonable majority of actual people. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, so please, if the manager could just take care of that, I yeah. would appreciate it. That could use fixing. Oh. Hope someone gets on that. Thanks, sweetheart. <laughs> Appreciate that. I just needed to vent, so there yeah, you go. Fair enough. Yeah. So I think it's a great time for Where's My Gold Star? We're kind of like sharing a gold star moment this week. I think we are. Um, and that is that we just put out a new song today. And that is what I'm requesting a gold star for. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know what? I think to be perfectly fair about this, we should listen to the song and okay. see if you deserve it. Oh, well, that's probably a really good point. Can I set the song up? Do it. Okay. So this is the third song in this new album project for this year. Um, for those of you who've been following along, you already know this album project is all about sort of a step-by-step uh, process of figuring out how to cultivate peace of mind and grab a hold of genuine agency to act in the midst of difficult times. Mm -hmm. And I am doing a series of, I'm writing myself a series of journal prompts that I am then responding to in my journal. And from my responses, I'm drawing the themes and the lyrics and the, it's the, that's the source material for the song, yeah. for each song. So last, the last song two was sort of the step where we, um, just really took an honest, bold, courageous look at the circumstances mm -hmm. that are robbing us of our peace. Mm. When my journal, <laughs> I wrote about the circumstances that are currently robbing me of my peace. Mm -hmm. So for each person who's doing this journaling journey with us, in, simul you know, in tandem with us. And by the way, there's dozens, there's almost six dozen people right yeah. now who are coming along on this journaling journey with mm -hmm. us. Super cool. Yeah. I want to put a little pitch here. If anyone's listening and you want to get the journal prompts, the prompts that become for Shannon, the songs, and yeah. for the rest of us, just, you know, inform our thought processes as we go on this adventure with her. Mm -hmm. If you want to get that, just send her an email, shannon at misfitstars.com or me, jamie at misfitstars.com and we'll add you to the little list we've made for and we'll send you the ones you've missed. Cool. Yeah. Good ad, good ad. Thanks, thanks. So my journal responses are going to be different than everybody else's, right? So like yeah. the songs that I end up writing are coming from my own experience. Mm -hmm. um, so last time it was naming the things. And this this time it was about exploring what feelings arise as a result of, of those circumstances. Yeah. Uh, what reactions, what like unthinking uh, sort of instinctual uh, reactions do I have to them? What, what are the coping mechanisms I find myself falling into? And then taking a look at those things and asking the question if they're doing for me what I hoped they would. 
right? <laughs> or if they are serving me in any way. Yeah. And then sort of getting to the heart of like, you know, if if I if we if we start with the premise that that um, serenity and agency can come to a person who has open hands, what am I holding on to? What are you clutching? What am I clutching that's keeping me from receiving serenity mm-hmm. and agency? And so for me, um, it the answer to that question, the, the broad answer, and I wrote a, a longer essay about this, which you can read on my website. You can also read it on the uh, Bandcamp page where the song is living. Um, the answer for me was was fear and mm-hmm. anger. And, and I had to do some exploration of what, it feels like and what it does to me when I don't let go of fear and anger. Fear and anger are useful. Yeah. They are useful temporarily. Mm -hmm. But if I don't take their usefulness and then let them go, they can do some ugly stuff to me. And that's Mm -hmm. what this song is about. And it's called From the Inside Out. Shall we play it? All right, here it is. If the fire 
man, that kicks so much butt. <laughs> Holy hell. That thing just comes out swinging and doesn't stop. Love it. Mm-hmm. Propulsive. I enjoy it too. Uh, still rewarding to listen to. Very, okay. very good. So specifically, I mean, like generally speaking, I'm like, I wrote a song. Give me a gold star. Uh-huh. Okay. But let's get a little bit more specific. Okay. I would like a gold star for tackling a fairly dark and heavy topic mm-hmm. it, and delivering it in a way that is like poppy and get your butt moving and like make you feel motivated to go, you know, live your life. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. it, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty dark, pretty dark and heavy topic that's delivered with, it's kind of sub- subversive. And I, oh, I'm, I love I'm proud of myself for that. And yep. I would like a gold star. You know what? After careful consideration, I've decided that you deserve a gold star. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. And hey, while we're on the topic, I would actually like to apply for a gold star here as well <laughs> for the way this song sounds. Yeah. I really feel like it ended up working out in a very good way that underscores the emotional journey that you're taking people on over the course of the song. Cool. Yes, well, you absolutely get a gold star. Hey! Gold star for you. Wow, that's awesome. Thanks, we are. Yeah, yeah. Well, very, very cool. Gold stars all around. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this feels important. Please hold for a very important message. Got to talk some about Ukraine. Okay. I don't even have anything structured to say here. Uh, okay. It just needs to be in this space. And we've been talking about it, you know, already in this in this episode. And I don't want to belabor it, but right, it's pretty wild though that like one week ago we, yeah. re- we recorded this podcast and we're like, there might be a war starting in Ukraine. It, we, you know, like yeah. it was still pre-invasion, yeah. and it was all, you know, it was. It's just wild what's happened in just a week's time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and you know, the thing that just feels important to me to say here is that this that this is important. Yeah. You know, I just wanted to, to like use this space mm-hmm. just to really make sure that anyone who hears our voice when we record these things understands that this isn't some abstract thing happening in a faraway land. Mm-hmm. It has ramifications and repercussions that will reach directly to our doorsteps yeah. soon. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the fight in the world between, I mean, it's funny. We were talking earlier, uh, you know, half an hour or so ago about like, it's not appropriate to look at this in like superhero mythological good versus evil, rooting for the good guy. Like it's not a movie, it's human lives at stake here. Right, yeah. But there is a sort of mythological good versus evil level of fight going on more broadly in the world, which has been going on for a while now, which is the fight between authoritarianism and democracy. Autocracy and democracy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, only one of those impulses will end up winning like sort of the, the big fight mm-hmm. here, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a it's a fight that is sort of spilled out into the open. It's been going on like you were alluding to earlier, yeah. sort of in a more covert Cold War information warfare kind of way. There's been, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's been cyber ex- espionage. There's been a whole shitload of disinformation campaign. Like mm-hmm. we saw that in, you know, Russia helped Trump get elected yeah, with disinformation. In 2016, yeah. And have been, you know what's really wild? Since we've blocked like a whole bunch of Russian like computer things from accessing our part of the internet. The sanctions that have gone into place, yeah. Like a whole a whole bunch less uh like quote unquote American patriots mm-hmm. are on Twitter. Right. Which means it's, they were never American exactly. patriots. 
they were Russian disinformation actors. Always the people that are advocating for the most, the ugliest impulses. I mean, there are Americans who have the ugliest impulses too. Oh, they yeah. are they exist. Yeah. But the Twitter, but 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 one thing that Russia has figured out as part of their sort of psychological cyber warfare yes. is to to make it seem like there's a whole lot more of those people in America so that they the ones who are here feel emboldened yeah. and those who are uh, not like that. Not like Still that. Terrified. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, they've been, they've just, they've all but disappeared from Twitter over the last couple of days since it's the sanctions went in place. Just wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know their presence when they are there is so damaging because it moves the Overton window dramatically to the right. Like it just <laughs> it widens in a really really terrifying and inappropriate mm-hmm. way the boundaries of acceptable discourse. Right. Like you get enough people saying over and over and over for oh, weeks yeah. and months and years you know in a row on Twitter that you know violence is a legit legitimate political end, mm-hmm. political, you know, an acceptable means and to an end. And you get January 6th. And you get January 6th, you know. And you get a president cheering it on, organizing it. Yeah. Trying you know, to stay in office. I mean, like, yeah. And so what we're seeing in Ukraine is all of that stuff, mm-hmm. like, being made real. Right. All of that stuff spilling into the physical world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that's the, that used to be the only place that wars could be fought, really, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Before computers. Right. Right. Uh, but it's, now it's just like a different thing. So there's like two levels of it. And like the Cold War aspect of it, if you would want to call it that, has been going the, on for a long time. The information warfare part has been going right, on for a long time. Right. But, you know, the transition to it being a shooting war, uh, and, and, you know, a shooting war run by an aging, uh, increasingly isolated, very violent person. Who has nobody around him that would that is willing to stand up to him or tell yeah. him things he doesn't like. Yeah. The that he that's yeah, he's just being coddled. Yeah. Enabled yeah. at every turn. Right. Yeah. And with a nuclear arsenal, the largest nuclear arsenal in the world at his fingertips. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's, I think it's important to just describe briefly like my understanding of the situation because there may be some listeners who have, you know, not been Scroll, doom scrolling Twitter like we have. Mm-hmm. But like Russia invaded Ukraine last week unprovoked. Yeah. Ukraine is a democratic nation. Yeah. Um, a fledgling democracy. Only been a democracy for a couple 30, of decades. 30 years. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they are a sovereign nation and Putin uh, just went in because he wanted to. He, he wants to make it part he, of Russia. He made it he he his statements about it the entire time are disconnected from reality he was saying that the ukrainians were carrying out a genocide against russians they are not have not that's no. not even no. close to the realm of reality he's saying that uh that the ukrainian government is run by drug addicted nazis also, Actually, their president is a Jew whose parents were murdered in the Holocaust. His grandparents. grandparents yes. he, had, he had a couple generations back. Two generations yeah. back, yeah, because he's our age. Yeah, his family was, was yeah. So like, it's it's all disconnected from reality. reality. The stuff that's... I that, mean, to be, to, to, to be more blunt about it, it's made up. It's lie. Yeah, you're we right. We need to say that. It is made up. You're right. You're right. It's fully made up. Made up, made up pretext to go into Ukraine. Um... And, and if you want like a like a parallel for what this would look like here, it would be like if Russia was like, we're just going to take Idaho. We think that Idaho actually should be ours and we're just going to take it. Or there's a lot of Russians in 
Minnesota. Hell, there's a lot of Russians in Tacoma, <laughs> particularly down <laughs> right. on the waterfront. It's so true. As far as I can tell, like yeah. Dune Peninsula is approximately 50% there's, Russian at Ru any given time. There are Russian speakers in this place that we're going to take it. Yeah. yeah. So it's made up. He's going in. It's, it's completely inappropriate. So Ukraine um, has been, like you said, for 30 years, a democracy. They have been moving more toward wanting to be part of Europe yeah. and be an equal partner in the European Union. Like they they want to be in the EU. They want to be in the EU. Yeah. They have they've considered, you know, wanting to become part of NATO. Yeah. And this is the real sticking point when you say that this could become something that's more uh, at our own doorstep is yeah. that right now, the United States nor any of the European uh, allies. allies are are helping to fight in Ukraine. And the reason for that is that um, Ukraine is not part of a tr the treaty, the NATO treaty that says when one country is attacked, we all we all defend. It's not right? in the club, so we don't defend it. Exactly, we're sending all kinds of support, right? We're sending we're sending arms, we're sending supplies, we're sending food, we're sending yeah. you know like fuel. You know, countries around the world have stepped up big time, um, and. And that's great, but we're not engaged in actual our soldiers fighting Russian soldiers because the moment that happens, then Russia is indeed at war with the world. Yeah. Like at that moment, it really does become a hot World War III. And the, the ramifications of that are unthinkable. Yeah. The, the, so so they're, we're trying to, you know, the, 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 the nations that are supporting Ukraine are trying to do so with enough restraint that it doesn't trigger massive conflict, that might not matter because Putin has designs beyond Ukraine. What yeah. he would like, someone said, I read, read somewhere, was it Heather Cox Richardson maybe, who was saying, I think that it's not far-fetched to think that during isolation and the pandemic, Putin was down in the basements of the Kremlin looking at old uh, historical maps of of the territory that the em the Russian Empire used to hold. Yeah. And that's what he's after. Yeah. Well, if that's if that is indeed what he's after, and he has spoken sure. in terms like this publicly, so there's no there's reason to believe that is what he's thinking. I mean, we're talking about Poland, we're talking about Finland, we're talking about like he's if, Yeah, I mean, and Finland's not in the in, in NATO, but here's a short list of NATO countries who who are probably next on his list. Estonia, 100% right. for sure. Uh, Poland, Slovakia, mm. Slovenia, you know? These are p countries that are in NATO. Yeah. yeah. So, like, Latvia, Lithuania, like all of those are, are formerly, uh, every single one of them, right? Russian Empire. Mm. I, you're looking at the resource. I'm not looking at a map. I'm just oh, okay. looking at a list of NATO countries. Yeah. Just to remember which all they I are. I believe there's that some, they are. There's some niche ones. There's Montenegro. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. 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 You know, so it's. Uh, 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 I, I can't fathom. I don't. I can't fathom how Putin thinks he's going to actually make all this happen. I honestly feel like, like my personal, my personal. I'm not a. I'm not an expert, so mm -hmm. don't take me. Mm -hmm. Don't take my words with We're just anything but a grain of citizens. Salt. Yeah, like I really don't see how he steps down from this. No. People keep talking about we need to, you know. They, support the Ukrainians and their resistance, and then also offer Putin off ramps to back out of this. I don't How does he back out? See a How person, does a person like him back out? Exactly. I don't see a person like him backing out. Yeah. He's not a person who backs out. I, th yeah. I don't think he's psychologically capable of backing out if he doesn't win. You know? And so I, I honestly feel like 
this is this could be a long this could, this probably will be a long conflict. Yeah. Um, and you got to imagine that the United States and all of Europe is going to get involved it, militarily. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to put energy toward that, but it could happen. Yeah, I mean, like it really could. I mean, what 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 are the odds? Would you say like if you're going to Vegas and someone's giving you a bet that he no, stops I, at Ukraine? I'm with you. No, I know, <laughs> I know that. I know that that's what's at stake here. Yeah. I just can't spend too much time thinking about that because I just can't. So That's fair. But I think, you know, I, I, I don't see, I don't see Putin giving up. I think, like, I, I think he's going to either be removed from power. Like, like a if, coup if this is, kind of situation. Yeah, if this is going to end well for the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> and on, frankly, for Russians themselves. Oh, totally. The Russian people are They're about not, to be in a world of hurt. They already are. And like so many of the soldiers, there's these stories coming out that the soldiers who were in Ukraine fighting had no idea they were being sent into Ukraine to fight. They no. thought they were doing training exercises on the border. And, and many then, of them were conscripts who didn't even want to be in the army. They were no. forced to be in the army yes. and then lied to about what they were doing and where they were doing it. It's, inc- it's, in- it's, it's just wild. insanity. Anyway, if this is going to end well for the, for, the, for the majority of us, for yeah. anyone not named Vladimir Putin. Yeah. He's going to either be removed from office or he's going to somehow not in my, survive this. In my action movie, Ugh. like, plan for how this could go the best, like, there's some, like, inner, like, cabinet member that he has <laughs> who has terminal cancer and has not told anybody. Oh, yeah. And, like, kills Putin and kills himself. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. That's, like, the James Bond way this goes I'm down. down. Yeah. Anyway, I don't... It does feel important to talk about. I'm glad we're talking about it. I, you know, there there are, um, we can put in the show notes, um, there's some uh, 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 yes. NGOs that are supporting um, humanitarian efforts, ways that you could, if you have extra cash to donate, um, we'll put the link to a series of those in the notes. We've given some money. Yeah. Um, we don't have a lot to give, but every little bit helps. So, you know, if you feel like you need to do something, this is a something that you can do. And we'll put, put An NGO, if you don't know, is a non-governmental organization. So it's right. just like, you know, some like, you know, nonprofit usually that's doing something to help people. Right. In, in this situation, it's people, it's, it's like in, the one that we gave money to this last week uh, deals with internally displaced refugees. Inside you know, Ukraine. Inside Ukraine, yeah. which is a big thing right now. Great. Uh, there are others. Mm-hmm. We got this list that we will post in the show notes from the historian and authoritarianism expert, Timothy Snyder. I would, and I know Shannon would too, highly recommend that you just sign up for his free email newsletter. He's just Google Timothy Snyder Substack. He's so he's insightful. It helps so much. An expert on Ukraine and yeah. Russia. Like he's he's been the go-to source for getting a broader perspective on this whole situation for me. Yeah. I'm very grateful for him. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, hey, you know, fuck all of that. Yeah. Let's move swiftly no, into the... Insp- no. What? I'm sorry. We have to talk about something else that's important. Oh, I'm okay. Really, I'm very sorry, but... Like, Gosh, more? I'm sorry, but we have to. I can't... Brutal th- episode. What you got? I'm so sorry. Uh, the thing that we need to talk about, and we don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but it needs to be mentioned... Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it's funny, I wrote this down days ago when I first heard about this happening and mm-hmm. then the ante got raised significantly today. Um, but last week, uh, Governor Abbott in Texas oh, Jesus, yeah. put out this horrific anti-trans um, declaration in Texas. Yeah. Uh, from the ACLU, the description of their of, of the document was that these materials are not, they, they said that they're not legally binding, but it's a directive to investigate 
to investigate gender-affirming medical care under the claim of child abuse. Um, and so they're basically, they're, they're, they, were, they put out this document directing people who are mandatory child abuse reporters. So mm -hmm. these are people like teachers, doctors, yeah, healthcare yeah. providers, yeah. people who... It, it, Normally, <laughs> like if you notice a, a kid in your care or in your tutelage that mm -hmm. looks like maybe they've been the victim or it appears maybe they've shared with you that they're a victim of child abuse. You got to report it. You're legally required to report that yeah. so that it can be investigated by child welfare services and, yeah. you know, hopefully that kid gets some help. Yeah. Or it's determined that they don't need help. Right. You exactly. Know. But you so, send it to professionals. Exactly. Yeah. So the, the Texas governor and the attorney general put out this statement last week directing those mandatory uh, reporters mm -hmm. that they have to report anytime they suspect that a kid is uh, transgender and receiving gender-affirming care mm. uh, from their parents or from, a, you know, like if their parents are supportive of them receiving. They're, they're trying to qualify Parents giving gender-affirming care to their trans kids as child abuse. That's what they're saying. Yeah. And as of today, it came out that they've actually already started investigating people. Mm -hmm. they've, they've been investigating parents and medical providers. I heard something today that actually somebody who works at the investigative agency yeah. was found to have a trans kid and was put on leave. It's just... It's wild. It's not wild. It's disgusting. Yeah. It is disgusting. These are parents who are trying to give their kid the best possible chance at a healthy, happy life. Yeah. And giving Under them- Under very, very hard circumstances. Giving them the health care that they need early enough in life so that they can live as themselves. Yeah. <laughs> the most fully that they can. Yeah. And the, the, the Texas governor and attorney general are saying, no, that's child abuse. Yeah. I, it's, I, I want to throw up. Yeah. It makes me so sick. And I, and I, the reason, so, I mean, I'm sure you, many of you have probably already heard this. I'm not just delivering the news to you. I just feel like, you know, the, the, Texas isn't the only place. Alabama's house has already passed a bill last week mm -hmm. that would make treating a transgender adolescent under 19 with gender-affirming medical care a felony. Jeez. They were trying to make it a felony yeah. in Alabama. Similar bills are moving through Idaho, Oklahoma, Idaho, Wisconsin. You said Idaho oh, twice. Excuse me, Ohio, uh -huh. Oklahoma, Idaho, Wisconsin, Arizona, and Tennessee. I mean... I want to discuss why this matters. Sure. You know, I mean, obviously it matters because there are trans kids and people, families of trans kids who are justifiably probably very freaked out because oh my gosh. their homes are about to be just torn apart by the actions of these... Bigots. Yes, thank you. Um, but I want to talk about why it matters to all of us too. Like... This it is easy to pick on trans kids. It is yeah. easy for right wing bigoted extremists to pick on trans kids. It is something that they can do. In fact, there's there's a lot of talk about how the reason that Abbott and Paxton put this statement out last week was politically motivated because there were primaries mm -hmm. in Texas today, and they want to motivate and their they wanted, fellow bigots. They wanted to motivate. There were there were these the, both of them were being challenged mm -hmm. by people even further to the right from them. And so they want to establish their Looney Tunes right wing bona fides. Exactly. Yeah. And so there's some you know there's some race to the fucking bottom with Republicans right now. Seriously, you know it's just like they're they're literally competing on the turf of who can be the most bigoted. Who can be the biggest asshole? Yeah. Yeah, but it matters to all of us because this is this. It, it, 
I mean, it's cliche. First they came for the fill in the blank and then they, and I, you know, like, but it's, it's, it's low hanging fruit for a bigot to, to target a trans kid, yeah. you know, but it doesn't stop there. You know, like, just like with the abortion, you know, abortion uh, care being eliminated in Texas, mm-hmm. you know, that's significant all on its own, but it doesn't stop there. They're going for birth control next. Literally, there mm-hmm. are there are bills passing through some state houses that are they're trying to reverse the legality of freaking birth control. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't stop. It's kind of not really all that different from Putin. No, honestly, I think the two are connected. Oh, for sure they are. Because it's just, it's, it's it's fruit of the same tree. It is fruit of the same tree in a, in in so many different ways. But it matters, to, it matters that we all stand up to this right now. First, first of all, to protect the vulnerable. Yeah. And trans kids are some of the most vulnerable in our society. Perhaps the most? Yeah, yeah. perhaps. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and you know, it, it connects to this idea of um, uh, that there's this, this, growing, this growing group of people in the United States, these right-wing extremist bigot types that... Yes, like I, they use some of this to gain power politically, mm-hmm. like we saw in Texas this week. But also, a lot of them really freaking believe it. A yeah. lot of them really would like to establish a Christian nation yeah. that is forced to abide by the rules they say mm-hmm. in our personal lives. This is directly related to Putin. Oh, yeah. This is what Putin's been doing in Russia for 20 years. Yeah. And like, you know, I remember thinking over this last week, you know, like Putin was, was originally, he was elected yep. by the people yep. of Russia to be their president, right? Since After then- After a super sketchy false flag operation that he, he pretty much probably engineered. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Th- th- it wasn't like it was a free and fair election, no. but it was freer and fairer than the elections that Russia has now. Oh, totally. Right? Because for the last 20 years, Putin has been entrenching his power, entrenching his power, entrenching his power. Killing his opposition, too. And killing and imprisoning his opposition. Absolutely. So, but 20 years ago, he was this guy. He was this guy talking about anti-LGBTQ. Yeah, he was. He was this guy talking about, you know, racist, bigoted stuff and pushing this. And, And here's the thing. Character matters. Oh, yeah. Like, it fucking matters. Sorry, I said an F word. Wow. You might have to bleep that out. No, I don't don't bleep swear words. It matters. Yeah. The character of a person, when we elect them in the office, the fact that Trump sat in that White House for four years and then enough Americans voted for him and, and and chose to be like no you know I'm you know his his misogyny his sexism his bigotry his racism it's it's unsavory but you know I'm just gonna look the other way it matters because <laughs> Shannon's hitting it's things nev- because I mean, <laughs> <laughs> because ever because just going after the trans kids is not gonna be enough yeah then we're gonna go after all LGBTQ people yeah and then we're gonna go after anyone who's not living, anyone who's living in sin, yeah. <laughs> right? Anyone who's not like living the the ideal Christian life. And then, you know, like it just snowballs because people like this, people with this mindset who say, you, you over there, you have to live the way I say, which is what Putin has been doing. Mm-hmm. It is what people in, this is what Governor Abbott in Texas is doing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't stop. That, that appetite only grows. Yeah. And there is no end but destruction for everybody. Mm-hmm. except for those at the top, and we have got to put a stop to it. 
This is why it matters to all of us. Our country, like we've got people fawning in this country right now, Republicans fawning over the genius of Putin yeah. going into Ukraine the way he did. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, this is... It's so anti-democratic a sentiment as to feel anti-American. Oh, it, it absolutely is. 100%. Um, so this is why I, I felt like we really needed to talk about the anti-trans stuff in Texas. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously it's happening right now. The ACLU today filed a lawsuit mm -hmm. um, on these specific cases, these specific investigations that the state has already started. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to support uh, transgender youth in Texas, there are three websites. Um, I'll give them to Jamie to put in the show notes. But Say them now, though. TXTransKids.org. TexasTransKids.org. TXTransKids.org. Mm -hmm. TXTransHealth.org. Mm -hmm. And TransTexas.org. Um, we'll put them in the show notes as well. So if you want to send some support, um, you can do that. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Man. I just talked for a long, and if you, if you need to say anything, go for it. If not, <laughs> no, we're good. Okay, good. Then let's. I think let's, you've covered it. Let's move on. I appreciate to, it. To the inspiration station. Inspiration station. All right, what you got? Oh man, me first, huh? You don't have to. I can go. Okay, you go. You go. I'd be happy okay, to. Okay, you go. Okay, here is what I have. Mine is a quote, and it's a quote from Chopin. Okay. I know. And it's just the best, most inspiring thing to think about. Okay. That's just it, that's all it is. Okay. A little something to think I love about it. today. Great. And here's what Chopin said: Simplicity is the final achievement. After one has played a vast quantity of notes and more notes, it is simplicity that emerges as the crowning reward of art. Mm, I like that. Simplicity that emerges as the crowning reward of art. Mm. Isn't that wonderful? I love what it implies about the artistic process, that it's not a hoarding, that it's not mm. a piling more and more and more on. Rather, it's a shedding. Whittling. It's a whittling. If you think about it in that way, sculpture maybe is the most pure form of, <laughs> it's the most literal form of art in that yeah. way, right? Because like, you know, like how do you carve a David? Well, you start with a piece of marble and you chip away everything that isn't David. Right. You know, yeah. it's a reductive process. Yeah, I like that. Simplifying. Yeah. I like neat. it. I like that. All right. So I have I have an item for Inspiration Station as well. And um, it is actually something that, that brought me a lot of uh, encouragement over the weekend when things were just, I was following all the stuff in Ukraine and, yeah. and the stuff with the anti-trans stuff. This is actually coming from a, a woman. I, I don't even know how it ended up on my Twitter feed. I started following her, but she's a teacher in Portland, Oregon. Mm. Um, and I believe that she was posting this in response to, did you know that there was a mass shooting in Portland like two weeks last week? Like, no, I it was, knew about the Sacramento one. It was, uh, it was, it was a, sh a shooting at a protest. Uh, the, oh no, that one. Yeah, I knew about that one. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. The nonchalance around mass shootings. Yeah. But yeah, a guy showed up with a gun to uh, a, uh, a, protest. a protest and there were some women who were just doing like security for the protest. Like it was just, they were doing, not security, they were doing crowd control, traffic control. Like mm -hmm. go this way. Yeah. You know, like wearing like yellow vests and whatnot. Mm -hmm. You know, like just supportive of the event. Yeah. and like helping organize. And this guy came up and shot several of them and one of one of the ladies died. Yeah. Um, uh, but so I think that this, the teacher was was perhaps posting this in relation to that, but it relates to all of it. Mm -hmm. um, and I found a lot of comfort in it. So I'm just going to read to you her words. Her name is Ursula Wolf Rocca, mm -hmm. teacher from Portland, Oregon. She says it can be over it can be overwhelming 
to witness slash experience slash take in all the injustices of the moment. The good news is that they're all connected. Mm. So if your little corner of work involves pulling at one of the threads, you're helping to unravel the whole damn cloth. Mm. Let's keep working our corners. Solidarity. Mm. Mm. Let's keep working our corners. I love it. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, right on. How about some gratitude? Yeah. All right. Okay. You going to crank up some gratitude for me? Yeah, I absolutely can. Here's what, what I've got. got. Uh, I'm very grateful because I have all of a sudden uh, some fun music making coming my yeah. way on a bunch of different fronts. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I'm going to be working with our dear friend Chayton Tierra. Uh, on some classical music. Awesome. Uh, yeah, uh, some stuff he's composed. He's mm-hmm. a very accomplished uh, pianist. pianist, but he also is a composer. Mm. And he has written this suite of classical pieces. They kind of go together. Neat. They're called Moon Shadows. Uh, and I've been aware of this stuff and kind of helping him with it. Just as an, an ear, someone to bounce things off of, you know, for years now. But you're going to get to get hands-on with it. We're going to be hands-on, yeah. He cool. wants me, there, we're going to experiment with like some, he's just going to kick everything over to me and I'm actually going to experiment with some treatments and oh. like put them in different worlds, cool. some of them, you know? And then also at the end of all of this, once we decide what the presentations or the final presentation is going to be for mm-hmm. each piece, I'll master the whole thing as like a Neat. classical album. Cool. That'll be really cool. Neat. I have uh Somebody from the internet, from, uh, (laughs) there's like this whole like Twitter, like electronic music, like synth wave, retro wave, like blank wave kind of scene. Yeah. And somebody from there uh, reached out to me. To do some work. To do some mixing. Yeah. He has like four songs. He can't afford to have me mix everything, but he he wants me to listen to all four of them and pick the one that I want to mix to be like the feature song because he thinks it'll probably be the best, end up being the best sounding one, (laughs) which is flattering and lovely and that should be really fun because it's like synthesizer music I'm into that yeah uh, and then we've got a friend, dear friend, coming to Washington to make a whole album with you. Our dear friend Ben Shaw is on route right now. Like he is in Glendive, <laughs> Montana tonight. <laughs> just got a text from him. Amazing. While recording the podcast. Like he's driving with a buddy, just road tripping out from Wisconsin. Yeah. He's going to get here by the end of the week, take a couple days to orient himself, and then he'll be here probably like a week from now making music with us. How fun. And we're going to make an ambitious, it's, all, it's basically a double album. Right. Is how to think yeah. about it. Like it's... It's a single album, sort of, but really, like, conceptually, it's almost more like a double album. It'll be fun to have Ben here because he's going to be staying with some relatives in Washington State and coming over here, like, for a couple days every week yeah. to work. So we'll have just, like, a, a buddy here. It'll be really fun. And it's going to be a great record. You guys are going to make a great record together. Yeah, we are. We already made one record together many years ago at this point, 2015. Uh, and it was wonderful. And it, this one's going to be wonderful, too. Yeah. So you're feeling grateful for that. I'm feeling grateful stuff. just for having fun music stuff coming my way. It's not even that it's work. It's that it's going to be fun music stuff. That's great. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Good. Yeah. I love that. How about you? I have two items. Mm. Um, one is on the more serious side, and that is I just feel really grateful for the fact. I think I've, I've said this recently on a podcast. I feel grateful that Joe Biden is leading us in this crisis right now. Like, yeah. I, I feel like, um, you know, I wanted Elizabeth Warren to be our next president. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting all the, like, the two years ago, here's what happened, you know, on Facebook things right now, and Mm -hmm. it's all me, like, canvassing for Elizabeth Warren and wearing my buttons and all this kind of stuff. Um, And so that's what I wanted. However, uh, Joe Biden is our president, and I am really glad that he's there. 
I'm not saying that Elizabeth Warren would be doing a less good job. That's not at all what I'm saying. I'm saying that there are plenty of things that I would like to be different about Joe Biden as president. But that said, I think he's doing an, ama doing an amazing job leading us, uh, leading our country through this and also um, being a rallying force of, you know, gathering the the other nations of the world to yeah. support Ukraine in the way he has and leading in a way that is, doesn't put himself first. Yeah. Like it's, a, you know... Leading time. quietly from behind, but helping organize the yeah. EU and make a coalition and get everyone on the same page. Yeah, it's been actually kind of masterful, but also super low key. Yeah, no, I, I he and his his vast knowledge of um, U.S. Russia relations and just foreign policy in general. Like yeah. he's he's got so much, so much. Uh, knowledge on this topic over the decades yeah. that he's, you know, and it, it's actually good sometimes to have people who are experienced and know what they're doing. Yeah. And, you know, when I think about the alternative, if the election in 2020 had gone the other way, I cannot fathom <laughs> having that other guy in the white house right now. I would, I, I think I would be probably having a nervous breakdown on like quite literally. Totally. Yeah, so I'm grateful that Joe Biden is in the White House right now Great. for all this. And my other one is more personal, and that is just, I had this, we had this wonderful moment this morning where it was warm enough yeah. outside that we could open our windows. We And that hasn't did. happened in months, and it felt so good, and I am grateful for an open windows morning and the fresh air that wafted into our house and the gentle sunshine that we had in between rainstorms today and this is a reminder to me that in the midst of all of the worries and the heavy-heartedness and the really good reasons to be concerned mm -hmm. that no matter what, the present moment is all that we have. Mm -hmm. There is so much beauty in it. If we can take the, take the time and give our energy to seeing it. Yeah. Yes. I like it. Yeah. That's good. Big deep breath. <laughs> that feels like an appropriate note to end on. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening today. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll be back again next week with more stuff to with talk about. More concerns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, in, in, the, in the meantime, thank you so much uh, to those of you who support um, Jamie and me and the work that we do. Yeah. Those of you who are Misfit Stars members, our supporting members, you are making this happen, this podcast. Mm -hmm. You are making so much, the, the album project we're doing, you're making that happen. Um, all the mentoring stuff ongoing that Jamie's got going on, you're making that happen. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I'm, we're so grateful for you. My mentees, a couple of them have made quantum leaps over the past, just the past week. It's so cool. Two of them, mm -hmm. you know, Joe and Rose. Like they awesome. both just kind of had eureka moments in terms of like how to put sounds together. So good. Like it was really palpable and they were able to say back to me over emails what they were doing and <laughs> why and like the, and they had intentionality behind it. It's not like they stumbled backward into doing something that sounded good. Oh, both cool. of them have already been doing stuff that sounds pretty good. But like both of them, each of them this week just had kind of this, un, like it was like they all of a sudden understood more about mm. how sound works, mm. you know? That empowerment of other artists that's directly a result of the financial support that we get mm -hmm. from the people who support what mm -hmm. we do. Mm -hmm. So please, if you're listening to this and you like the sound of that and you want to be a part of it, 
we, we could always use more help. I am bursting with mentees, mm -hmm. and I may be about to take two to three more on. Oh, wow. Uh, I think maybe all of whom are women, which is great, awesome. because I'm trying at, at every turn to redress the gender inequity in, in my field, because mm -hmm. it's bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Big sausage party, audio engineering and production, but we're fixing it, you know what I mean? Uh, Misfitstars.com slash support is where you go to support that. Please do. Uh, we're doing all right. We could be always expanding what we're doing in terms of being able to offer mentorship to more people and yes. cost to them. Thank you, you know? so much. And that's what the support does. So, yeah. you know, hook it up. MrSarts.com slash support. Thanks. <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll be back next week. Uh, in the meantime, uh, please uh, take good care of yourselves and be good to each other. Yeah. We love y'all very much. See you later. See ya.